0: We begin our series entitled Principles of Prosperity from Proverbs, and under that title, the subtitle for today's message is Ten Things Not to Do If You Want to Be Prosperous. Ten Things Not to Do. You know, in life, there's always things we should do. There's some things we shouldn't do. Uh... You know, If I want to be on my wife's good side, there's some things that I should do, but there's some things that I should not do. I'll share this one with you. She's made it very clear to me that I should never do this, and that is simply, this is one of her pet peeves. Some of you may know this, many of you may not, but this is the truth. One of her pet peeves is if I were to refer to her simply as the wife, she don't like that. The wife, right, Sharon? Or to refer to anybody else as the wife. This is the wife. It's like she's just an object, the wife. And uh, it's it's in my best interest not to ever say that or to do that. If I want to be prosperous with her, then I I won't do that. But this morning, we're looking at 10 things not to do if you want to be prosperous. Folks, I, I want you to be blessed as your pastor. And, and, and when you suffer through lean times, you know, my heart is with you. So please listen this morning. We're going to look to the Bible. You're not going to get any better instruction on how to handle your money and your finances than from the Bible, okay? You're not going to get... Now, let's start with a quote. Zig Ziglar, that's a name a lot of you know. He said this, Money isn't the most important in life. That's certainly true. But he says it's reasonably close to oxygen on the gotta-have-it scale. Isn't that true? I mean, think about it. Money. It's essential. For the clothes you wear, for the food you eat, for the car you drive, for the house you live in. I mean, none of that stuff happens without money. Money is extremely important even in the lives of saved individuals. Now, it should be of great concern to all of us that 29.8%, let's just round it up to 30%, of our population, the American population, which amounts to about 95 million Americans, 30% of the population of the United States lives close to or below... The poverty level. You say, okay, what is what's the poverty level? Well, a family of four earning twenty-four thousand or less is considered to be living in poverty. Okay? They're considered to be living in poverty. If you have a family of four and you're earning twenty-four thousand dollars or less. Now, a lot of those people think that they are in poverty because of income inequality. Have you heard that phrase bantered around a lot lately? Income inequality. And they say that's the reason that I am in the bad state that I'm in. And that's simply not true. I mean, folks, if you have a free society, you are going to have income inequality. You know, a, 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 a high school dropout that isn't educated is not going to have the same income as a guy that goes 10 years to medical school. You know, I mean, that's, you know, and, and, and the Bible says you're always going to have the poor with you. Now, those who have, the Bible does teach this, should be considerate of the poor. And by the poor, we don't mean those that can't, or we don't mean those that won't work. We mean those that can't work. We're to be sensitive to their needs. But un- un- understand, in a free society, when our founding fathers founded our nation, folks, they did not guarantee equal income for all people. They guaranteed equal opportunity. And we need to make sure that that is maintained. But then it's up to the individuals to, to be resourceful and to-, and to work hard. Now, there are some certain circumstances where people can take advantage of other people. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, and that needs to be addressed. But understand this, and this is my main point. I would contend from a spiritual vantage point that a lot of people, not all people, but a lot of people are not where they ought to be or could be simply because of not understanding Bible principles and not living those Bible principles. See, I have confidence in God's Word. God's Word has a lot to say about the acquisition of finances, the management of finances. it has a lot to say, because it's an important topic, as we've already illustrated. And I contend that a lot of people, again, not all, but a lot of people are in financial trouble because they either do not know the biblical principles from not you know being in church and Sunday school and Wednesday nights and learning them, or they know them, but they are just uh, maybe undisciplined and therefore they violate them or don't appreciate them. It's my desire, as your pastor, that every person in our church uh, be prosperous, that that nobody is living at or below the poverty level. Now, when I talk about prosperous, let me define. I'm not talking about it's my desire for everybody in this church to be wealthy or filthy rich. That's just not reasonable or, or a practical expectation. By, by prosperous i don 't mean that I want you to be featured on lifestyles of the rich and famous you know we 're not talking about that by prosperous and I think from from what we 're going to see in the scriptures, by prosperous we 're talking about that you are provided for as Paul said, I am content it, it, we're, t- we're talking about having having a roof over your head, uh, food in the fridge, you know clothes on your back and, and a, and a fairly dependable car, and, and, and prosperous even beyond that. Just prosperous in being satisfied with life, being content with life. The Bible talks about us prospering. In the New Testament, Third John chapter 1 on the screen behind me, here's what it says. And I want you to focus more not just today, but every time I'm up here preaching, I want you to focus more on the Scripture. If you've got to choose to focus on what the Scripture says and what I say, really focus on the Scripture. Sharon and I, Friday evening, my daughter called and said, such and such a church is having a, a youth program, and it's going to be live streamed. It's a church we're familiar with. So I told Aaron, I said, thanks. I said, I think I'll, I'll tune in. And there was this preacher up there preaching to these young people. And I don't know that if he referred to scripture once. And I told Sharon, I said, he is not helping those teenagers. They're going to forget everything he said. They need the Bible. It is the Bible that is powerful, okay? So focus on what I'm, this verse. Listen to this verse, folks. You, you'll remember the, you won't remember what I say, but you'll remember the verse. I have no power. The verse is totally powerful. Beloved, this is John, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. John is speaking of of individuals, and this is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is as if God himself is saying this to individuals. He wants them to prosper. He wants you to prosper. He wants me to prosper. And again, I've, I think I've already kind of defined what we mean there. We don't mean, you know, being filthy rich and all that kind of stuff. By prosper. I mean, yeah, you have your needs met. You are content. You're good. Okay? That's what he's saying there. That, let's look at that verse again. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's for you. That's for every person in this room. Now, Albert Barnes, a commentator on this verse, says this. It would apply here to any plan or purpose entertained. It would include success in business, he's commenting on that verse, happiness in domestic relations, or prosperity in any of the engagements and transactions in which a Christian might lawfully engage. It shows that it is... Right to wish that our friends may have success in the works of their hands and their plans of life. And that's what I wish upon you as your pastor. That's why I'm preaching this series, this three or four Sunday series. That's in the New Testament, okay? Let's focus on Scripture again, which is powerful enough to convict you and change you. In Psalm 1.1. Many of you are familiar with this, these verses, but maybe you've never thought of them in the context of what we're talking about this morning. Psalm 1-1 reads, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you're not hanging out with the wrong people. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the Bible. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree. There's blessings here for people that live right and do right. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Shall prosper. It means having enough to be content. It means being full. It means understanding where you came from, why you're here, where you're going. It's being engaged in ministry. It's being engaged in raising your family. It's being engaged in in, in being the best Christian you can be. That is a person that, that will prosper. Now, I like this other commentary from the same man, Albert Barnes, on these three verses. What does he say about these three verses? He says, it is conceivable that a righteous man, a man man profoundly and sincerely fearing God, may sometimes form plans that will not be wise. See, that's what we're trying to correct in this series here. It is conceivable that he may lose his wealth, or that he may be involved in the calamities that come upon people in times of commercial distress, in seasons of war, of famine and pestilence. It is conceivable that he may be made to suffer loss by the fraud and dishonesty of other men. But he goes on to say, But still, as a general and as a most important truth, a life of piety or godliness will be followed by prosperity and will constantly impart happiness It is this great and important truth which it is the main design of the book of Psalms to illustrate. So why is it that so many people are struggling financially? I realize that there can be social and economic factors sometimes beyond beyond your control over which you have no control. I get that. I understand that. In some cases, it may be that a Christian is doing everything right and through no fault of your own, you know, you find yourself in financial distress. I, I get that. I mean, the, the, the shop that you're working at can close down. That's going to create problems. However, to be, to be fair and balanced, in, in many cases, there are people that have jobs. They have income. They go to work, but at the same time, they still struggle. That is not uncommon at all for people to, have, to be gainfully employed and still struggle. Now, it's under, it's under those circumstances that I would say that it may be that you are making unwise decisions, that perhaps you are doing things that you should not be doing. Now, you've got to learn what to do and what not to do. I I like what John MacArthur says. Here's a quote from John MacArthur. He says, 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus deals with money. One out of 10 verses in the New Testament deals with that subject. Scripture offers about 500 verses on prayer, fewer than 500 on faith, and over 2.000 thousand on money. The believer's attitude towards money and possessions is determinative. The believer's attitude towards money and possessions is determinative. Our attitude, our thoughts concerning money and resources is going to have an effect on whether we consider ourselves to be Prosperous in the way I've defined, or whether we are unnecessarily struggling. Therefore, the Bible has a lot to say about money. Like I say, I mean, you don't wear the clothes you wear, live in the house you live, eat the food you eat, or drive the car you drive without money somewhere being involved. Now, it being that important, it only makes sense that a loving God would give us all sorts of information in His Word about how to handle money. And as I was studying through the book of Proverbs in preparation for this series, I began to see some patterns. The first one we're mentioning this morning. That pattern is the Bible gives us lots of warnings about things we should not do. Okay? There are some things, if you, wanna, if you want to be blessed, then there are some things you should not do. These are things that are under your control. You know, again, I realize in commerce and in in industry and in economics, sometimes there are things out of our control that put us in a position that we don't want to be in. But there are other things that are under our control. That's what I'm focusing on this morning, the things that are under your control. I want you to, I'm going to give you a list and we're going to go through them quickly ten things. We don't have time to spend much time on either one of them, but that list, I think, I included on the the outline there for you. You can take it home with you. It's got the references with it. But you need to look at that list, and if you're guilty of any of them, if you're smart, you won't be doing that any longer. You'll you'll make whatever corrections are necessary. So if you want the opportunity to to prosper, you need to make sure you're not doing these ten things. Number one, this is all Bible-based. Again, Pay attention to the verses. Don't pass judgment on me whether you like me or don't like me. That's not what we're here for this morning. I am directing your attention to Scripture as it relates on the topic of finances. So you listen to these verses. You know, don't be analyzing me and whether I'm doing a good job up here or not. You know, you you listen to these verses and let these verses speak to your heart. Number one... If you want to be prosperous, don't spend everything you make. Why? The Bible says so. Proverbs 21:20. 20, there is treasure to be desired in oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. You ever give money to a kid and later you make the statement, it's burning a hole in his pocket. You ever heard that statement before? I'm the only one? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Okay, thank you. All right, so we know what that, it seems like there's something that starts in childhood, and for some people, they never get over it. You get a dollar, and it's burning a hole in your pocket. And that's a violation of Scripture. You've got to overcome that. One writer says, well, it was Matthew Henry who said this, Those that are foolish will misspend what they have upon their lust and so bring the stock they have to nothing. Those manage wretchedly that are in haste to spend what they had, but not in care which way to get more. It is problematic if if your nature is just to spend it. I got it. I'm going to spend it. That is not to your advantage. When you spend everything you make unwisely and unnecessarily, you forgo savings for the future and the unexpected expenses that that always come to all of us. Number two, if you want to be prosperous, don't be deceitful. Don't be deceitful. There are people, are there not, that will roll back odometers on cars, right? That happens. They're being deceitful. And the Bible says... You have that kind of spirit, you do that kind of stuff, you're not going to prosper. Again, look at Scripture. Proverbs 10, 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Slack hand there means a deceitful person. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Look at what Matthew Henry says again. Those who deal with a deceitful hand, those who think to enrich themselves by fraud and tricking will, in the end, impoverish themselves, not only by bringing the curse of God on what they have, but by forfeiting, here's the key, by forfeiting their reputation with men. None will care to deal with those who deal with a sleight of hand. So again, if you want to be prosperous, don't be deceitful. Deceitful people aren't trusted. No, no corporation, no business, no small business is ever going to advance or promote people they know to be deceitful or to be dishonest. And sometimes even Christians think, well, yeah, I lied a little bit about that, you know, but I made ten more dollars on it. Again, if you want to be prosperous, don't be deceitful. Number three, got to be quick. If you want to be prosperous, don't take shortcuts with your finances. Proverbs 28.20, look at what the Bible says. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. The biblical illustrator says concerning that verse, haste to be rich is a great danger to men because it tempts them to employ illegitimate means, slights, crafts, disingenuous ways, greed, violations of honesty. So we have to beware of get-rich-quick schemes. The old saying is true, folks, is it not? If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. And you can usually take that to the bank. If you want to be prosperous, don't take shortcuts with your finances. Number four, if you want to be prosperous, <clears> the <throat> Bible says it, don't drink alcohol. I mean, you read the statistics on the harm done to American commerce through the effect of alcohol on its workers and its management, in missed days and accidents and what have you. It is a curse. Proverbs twenty-one seventeen. listen to this. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. You can't say it any plainer than that. The Expositor's Bible has this comment. Drinking is the natural opposite of hard and honest work. When the love of it takes possession of a man, he is sure to become a useless and unproductive member of society. A drunken people are in the end an incapable people. Their wealth declines. Their industries pass over to sober, soberer rivals. Their qualities of brain and muscular muscle gradually disappear. Alcohol causes all kind of unnecessary absences at work. It limits people's ability to be productive. There's also, it, it creates tension at work. It, it's just a very, very sad situation. Number five, if you want to be prosperous, don't be lazy. Proverbs 12, 24, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful or lazy man shall be under Tribute. He's always owing somebody. The the lazy man. Oh, I don't have money for this. can you loan me this? Can you own? and and he's always under tribute. The slothful. Albert Barnes commented. The slothful descend inevitably to pauperism and servitude. Number six. If you want to be prosperous, do not take advantage of people or play games with people. And you always have to. You always have to be wary of people these days, because there's so many people out there that are doing just this. Again, let's look to Scripture. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. If you oppress the poor, if you take advantage of the poor, that is bad. Well, what about giving to the riches? That's more or less talking about bribing. You know, somebody got, you, that you want some help from, you, you try to bribe them. That's what it's talking about. It says, shall surely come to want. It isn't going to prosper you. <clears throat> Again, Matthew Henry. This shows what evil courses rich men sometimes take, by which in the end they will impoverish themselves and provoke God, notwithstanding their abundance to bring them to want. They oppress the poor and give to the rich or bribe the rich, I can assure you that God will not allow his children to prosper through inappropriate or inordinate means. Number seven, if you want to be prosperous, don't do things that are shady. Proverbs 21.5, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Pulpit commentary says diligence is contrasted with hastiness. The hasting to be rich by any even nefarious, me, uh, nefarious means will bring a man to poverty. You, you, you don't take shortcuts to, to God's blessings. And, and, and you don't take advantage of people. Which, you know, when you get hasty, when you, when you need a quick buck, you're, you, people are more tempted to lie, to be disingenuous, to act that way. Only competence and diligence... And honesty, consistently displayed, will really produce prosperity in any person's life. Number eight, if you want to be prosperous, don't be all talk. If you want to be prosperous, don't be all talk. It, proverbs 23, or Proverbs fourteen twenty three. And all labor there is profit, but the talks of the lips tendeth only to penury or poverty. I love these oriental proverbs. You see them by what's well, it's the next, yeah, here it is. I love these Oriental Proverbs as it relates to this verse. To speak of honey will not make the mouth sweet. Isn't that good? Do you get the point? This is just people that are all talk. And we all have relatives that are all talk, just waiting for their ship to come in. How about, we do not cook rice by babbling. Those are great Proverbs. I mean, they're not Bible Proverbs, but they're, There are great ways of stating it. The language of actions is more eloquent than the language of words. Number nine, if you want to be prosperous, don't listen to the wrong people. Oh, man, how many people have gotten in in trouble by listening to people they should not have been listening to? I I can remember some, some situations where people were warned. Don't get involved with them. It, it's, it doesn't sound right, it doesn't feel right. One of the spouses telling the other spouse that's that's not going to be good. And they listen to the wrong people. Proverbs twelve eleven. He that tilleth his hand shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. That's just another way of saying it ain't gonna turn out right. John MacArthur said, This is a great quote. Energy expended in worthless pursuits and fantasies is as useless as outright laziness. Isn't that a great quote? Well, it is. Even if you don't agree with me, it is. It's great. (laughs) Number ten, if you want to be prosperous, don't be responsible for someone else's debt. If you want to be, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Proverbs eleven fifteen: He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth ship is sure. To be surety for a stranger is to really assume someone else's debt to cosign for them. A stranger doesn't mean that that's necessarily somebody. It, it doesn't. I don't think this teaches well. If you know him, you can do it. Well, you know that's that's your call. But my, I'm just giving. Now this is my opinion here. I would never loan anybody money expecting it back. If somebody needs money, if it's in my position to help them, I will give it to them. But I'm setting myself up for, I think, and it's been my experience, what I've observed in these 67 tomorrow years of life. Look, I watched Judge Judy. <laughs> Do I need to say any more when it comes to this? How many cases are there? Because somebody co-signed or somebody promised or somebody said it was a loan. And uh, Enough said. Listen, John MacArthur on this point says, The foolishness here is making oneself responsible for another's debt and pledging to pay it if the other defaults. While there is precedent for such a practice, it is far better to give to those in need. A review. We're done. Number one, if you want to be prosperous, don't spend everything you make. Don't let it burn your pocket. If you want to be prosperous, don't be deceitful. If you want to be prosperous, don't take shortcuts with your finances. If you want to be prosperous, don't drink alcohol. If you want to be prosperous, don't be lazy. If you want to be prosperous, do not take advantage of people or play games with people. If you want to be prosperous, don't do things that are shady. If you want to be prosperous, don't be all talk. If you want to be prosperous, don't listen to the wrong people. If you want to be prosperous, don't be responsible for someone else's debt. If you are guilty of violating any one of those or all of those, thank God that you were in church today. And hopefully you got convicted and hopefully for this beginning in 2019, here early on, you'll say, I've learned a lesson. I am going to correct that. And you will be in a much better position for the Lord to prosper you. Again, let's reread it one last time. Psalm 1-1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Listen, I fully realize that there are some things that happen to people that are beyond their control that cause them to be in a very difficult situation. And we're not here to, to shame anybody that, you know, through health or through just, like I say, any circumstances that's out of your control, you know, those that have should be considerate of, of, of those that don't have under those circumstances. And I would encourage them to be thoughtful of those among us that are suffering right now through no fault of their own and, you know, do everything that you can to help them. But when there are Bible principles and you've not taken the time to learn them, because you don't have time for church or Sunday school or Wednesday night, or if you have learned them and because of your pride you just decide you're going to do it your way, in those circumstances the Bible has declared, you, you're not going to prosper. And if you're, if you're wise this morning, you will repent and ask God to forgive you. Uh, two, two final quotes, first one, concerning Psalm 1. And whatever he does shall prosper. It isn't that the righteous man has a Midas touch, you know, everything turns to gold. And everything he does makes him rich and comfortable. But in the life of the righteous man, God brings forth something good and wonderful out of everything. Even tough circumstances bring forth something that shall prosper. So again, to keep the right perspective, we're not preaching a prosperity gospel that if you buy this prayer cloth or you do this, you know, or sow this seed of whatever, then you're going to be rich and you're going to get your leard jet and what have. No, when the Bible talks about Christians to prosper, it is talking about having enough to be content. And prospering in your spirit, prospering in your attitude, uh, prospering in, in, in your daily focus on life and on the Lord and on ministry. And if you've been violating any of these principles, that can change, and that's the power of God's Word that will convict your heart, that will motivate you to make the necessary changes. But we'll close with this final Billy Sunday quote. Billy Sunday said, the fellow that has no money is poor. The fellow that has nothing but money is poorer still. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com Thanks for listening.